Have you ever been really fearful? You know, so fearful that it stops you, it binds you from doing anything. You're sort of freezing on the spot. That sort of fear is what I'm talking about. You break out into a cold sweat, your heart beats fast. I'm sure that most of you will have experienced something like that at some point in your life. I, too, have experienced that as well as I speak sometimes. (laughs) But don't worry. We are not alone. We have all faced these experiences. And we are not alone as we look at the disciples in the Bible they too experienced this sort of fear where they had to stop and they couldn't go any further and they froze. So today, we're looking at reaching out as part of our vision series, our three vision series. We've done Love God and today I'm looking at reaching out, to reach out as part of our vision as a church, that we believe God has called us to do, that we believe uh, we need to pursue to reach out and be sharing God's love with this town. And some of us could be really fearful about this and freeze, just as I've been saying, or actually their heart starts to beat fast and it stops any words flowing when they have an opportunity to share God's love. Or some of us might be really excited about reaching out and sharing God's love. Guess which category I'm in. (laughs) I'm in the excited category, but that was not always the case. And I'll say more later. Uh, um, And some of us might be a bit like, well, yes, it's good to share God's love, but I'm not really excited about it, and I'm not really that fearful about it either. I just go about my business and do a little bit here and a little bit there. Um, Yes, but God wants to use us to reach out and share his love with others. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. We're going to be looking at three things in this reach out talk And that is, what does the Bible have to say uh, about reaching out and sharing God's love with others? Uh, What uh, we can read in the Bible also is that the second point is that the Holy Spirit, the helper, will help us in reaching out to others. Um, And also as a church, one of the strategies, one of the important things that we believe is that our missional communities enables us to reach out. And I'll explain more as well about missional communities for those of you who are with us visiting. Um, so those are the three things that I'm going to be looking at today in my talk. So first of all, let's dig into the Bible. Let's see what the Bible has to say on reaching out. If you want to turn to your Bible on your phone or in your bag or wherever you have it, uh, you can do so. Matthew 28 is the first place I'm going to go to, which is probably not a surprise for you who know your Bible. Uh, And it's on the screen as well, so you don't have to get there if you don't want to. 
So let's take a look at this famous passage. We turn to the Bible because it's the authority on why we need to do things, on what God has spoken about and what we need to respond to. And it also shows us how we can do that. And also we can read in it other people's struggles to see that actually we're not alone with some of the struggles that we have that we go through in life. Um, So Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's read another text before looking back at Matthew 28. Uh, A little while later, um, I haven't looked at the timelines or the possible timelines, uh, but maybe on the same day or a little while later, Jesus also said this to the disciples. And it comes from Acts 1. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. I read that extra bit because it actually helps us see that when Jesus was telling them to go and make disciples, what happened after that? Because that's important for us just getting a bit more of this, of what Jesus said, but then also what the, the disciples experienced. So here we have the disciples being commissioned for their task in Matthew 28. Jesus has said, go and make disciples of all nations, not just a few, but all nations, baptizing them and importantly, teaching them everything I have commanded you. Jesus said in Acts 1, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the whole world. Wow. Jesus has just commissioned his disciples not just to go locally in Jerusalem, not just to go into the next area, but to go into the whole world, baptising all people of all nations. What do the disciples do? 
Do they start preaching? Do they start going for it in Jerusalem? No. We've just read that they went back to the room they were staying in. Oh, (laughs) I was expecting to read. They would go, as Jesus had told them. Um, But they haven't. I wonder what they were feeling at that time. Maybe they were excited. Some of them were excited. Maybe some of them were a bit doubtful. We read that at the beginning of Matthew 28. Some were a bit doubtful. Maybe some are still at that stage. Maybe some are not really sure what's going to happen. Um, But they returned to the room because Jesus had instructed them to wait. To wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Before then going on their mission to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and beyond into the whole world. And uh, I just thought, I'll just give a little analogy uh, for that. Uh, Some of you will know, not all of you will know, but um, I'm a snooker fan. Love the game of snooker. It's a great sport. (laughs) Um, And uh, there was this player who was interviewed this week. Uh, His name's uh, Joe Perry. I haven't got a picture of him, actually, because it just didn't fit what I was trying to say. (laughs) But he... um, he made the final against this man here, Ronnie O'Sullivan, um, of the Masters Tournament, which is on at the moment on BBC t- television. He made the final. Joe Perry made the final. It was the first time he made a major final. And uh, he said in his interview this week, I was at the top of the stairs and the uh, crowd were cheering and there were excitement in the air and I was in the final and I stood at the top of the stairs And I froze. I just couldn't play after that. I was just I was playing Ronnie O'Sullivan in the final, who is the greatest snooker player ever, in his home tournament in London. And I froze. And he lost the final (laughs) 10-1. So he really froze in that moment. His opportunity. But he lost in a bad way. And the disciples have just experienced their commissioning. And in a way, it seems like they've frozen. But actually, they know it's important to do what Jesus told them to do, which is to wait for the Holy Spirit to empower them to send them on their mission. Otherwise, they'd probably hit these sorts of situations where they see a crowd and they would just freeze. But actually, they waited for the Holy Spirit to come. And we'll read a bit more about that in a moment. And for us, at the beginning, we were talking about fear. Um, And maybe someone uh, in your workplace, uh, or someone at the school gate, or someone in your family or friends, uh, has um, said something to you, maybe slating the church, or um, having a go at Christians and what they do and what they believe. Um, And maybe you might just freeze at that moment. Well, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to empower us, to respond in these moments and these opportunities that we're going to get. Um, So let's have a look at Acts 2, the next chapter. What happens to the disciples? So Acts 2. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Peter then stands up and addresses the crowd in Jerusalem. He's not struck with fear. He's not freezing at that moment. He is able to then stand up with boldness to speak about who this Jesus is, about what's happening and what's going on for them. And if we read the rest of Acts, they do go on and complete their mission, going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the whole world. And because of the Holy Spirit at work, if you read Acts, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, if you read Acts or even Luke as well, you will see that it says the Holy Spirit did this or did that and then the disciples went and did that. The Holy Spirit is always seems to be mentioned in a lot of the important texts first because the Holy Spirit is empowering them to then go and do what Jesus has called them to do. It's a really good read, Acts. I recommend it. So the Holy Spirit... Is my second point. The Holy Spirit is the helper who enables us and empowers us. And in his title, uh, if you read a bit around uh, who is the Holy Spirit, one of the words that's used in the Greek New Testament um, is parakletos. And it means the comforter. Or the helper. And I thought I'd um, get a bit of a picture to help us with this. And that's my crutches. And uh, it says in John, uh, uh, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or parakletos to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Uh, it is he, the Holy Spirit, who enables the apostles to accomplish their kingdom advancing work. And so uh, I thought, what's an image to help you get what's going on here with the Holy Spirit and helping, enabling the apostles, the apostles to do their work? Um, and it's these wonderful crutches. Um, a few years ago, probably about four years ago, I broke my ankle, and uh, it's quite painful, as you'd imagine. Um, but to go anywhere, I had to have these crutches just to help me walk, just to literally move anywhere, because it enabled me, it helped me to go on a journey. I'm just going to go on a journey, just to sort of freak you out a bit, maybe. <laughs> um, and actually on that, uh, I uh, had to obviously go about my normal business and uh, do the usual things that you do. And part of that is that I go to college in London, up in London. And uh, it was amazing having these uh, 
crutches because it was like parting the ways. People just moved out of the way. People were like, oh, have my seat, sir. Uh, please take this seat. And uh, people were you know, just parting the way. And these crutches helped me to go on my journey, to go on the journey that up to London or to go about my normal everyday business. And it is like that, praise the Lord, I do not need them <laughs> um, at the moment, but I do need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, praise the Lord, because um, it is like that with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to help us, to help us on our journey in this life, um, to help us to break through the fear of reaching out to others. And it's his promise as well, is that he will be at work in those around us, going before us and speaking to people, so that actually, if we do step out with boldness, the Holy Spirit will have been at work already in that person's life, no, probably. So what can we learn from these readings that I've wanted to teach you about? Because it's important we lay a foundation for why we're reaching out, but also how we reach out as well. Um, and that is we can see that the Holy Spirit um, will help us. We can see that the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, to release them. Um, we might be fearful. We might freeze or hide away, but we need to remember that Jesus has promised his Holy Spirit and we need to ask for the Holy Spirit to be at work and that Jesus will give his Holy Spirit. This is promise. We were talking about promises today. He will give us his Holy Spirit to come upon us to enable us to reach out and share God's love with those around us and of all nations. And in my personal experience, we talked about this morning, just the sense of excitement I have now at sharing God's love with others. Um, but we also talked a bit about uh, being on a journey and being changed by God. And if you spoke to me about 16, 17 years ago and said to me, um, who do you think you are? I would have said, I'm a youth worker. I'm working for Train, which is an ch all-church um, organization and in that time I would have said I'm not an evangelist um, I'm not someone who is here to tell others about God's love but over a long period of time not just overnight but over a long period of time God has changed me by his Holy Spirit by me asking and calling out for him to be at work in my life to change me to be an evangelist to reach out and share God's love with others. I'm excited about that. And I can only say that's because of the Holy Spirit coming upon me and changing me, not just overnight, but over a long period of time. So it's a long process for some as well. Excuse me. And uh, actually, just... Uh, that boldness to step out and a little personal story as well is that uh, just about 10 days ago um, you might all be aware that uh, we had a murder here in Didcot um, up at the Mendip Heights area and um, I was like 
I need to find out about this. I need to get involved in this. What's going on? What's happening? This is a significant thing in Didcot. So I uh, made a couple of phone calls and I um, found out that actually a young person who I had known and worked with a lot had been one of the people that had been stabbed in the murder. Uh, he uh, survived but had been stabbed. Um, so I got in contact with him, made contact with him, uh, and he responded to that contact. I stepped out to reach out to this person. And um, I met with him this week. I was able to talk with him. I was able to pray with him. Um, and I've been in daily contact with him, actually, ever since. Because he is in need of God's love and in need of us to reach out and care for him at this time. He's really struggling, understandably. Um, and uh, But... God has enabled me by his Holy Spirit just to reach out and a bit of boldness there. I was like, I need to just find out who is this, what's going on. Made a couple of phone calls and was able to see that God uh, had led me to this young person um, a long time ago. And I was able then just to reach out and share God's love with him uh, this week. Okay, so my third... My second point is Holy Spirit, the helper, he will help us and he will enable us to reach out and share with others. My third point is about us as a church and our vision of missional communities. And we believe that they are an important part for us. We all personally can do things individually, but actually we really believe that missional communities are an important part for us as a church and what we're doing to reach out and share God's love with others. Uh, this is a quote from Terry Virgo. He uh, is the founding father uh, of the network of churches, which is New Frontiers. He's uh, a great man, has seen many uh, things, amazing things in following Jesus and sharing God's love with others. He said this, Disciples usually appear in plural in the New Testament. It can be tough being a disciple alone. Find some partners and do discipleship together. Don't get isolated or simply settle for being a churchgoer. Some strong words from Terry Virgo. Uh, but I believe... I saw that only just about 10 days ago and I was like, I think that's what is important for us as a church to get hold of as well. Because as we do being disciples of Jesus, um, in the Bible they're not alone. So we must do this thing following Jesus together. We're called to be a life together, sharing life together, helping each other to follow Jesus. It's not always easy. It is difficult. Um, but in our church, we believe that, yes, it's important to help each other to be a disciple, to do life together as a disciple. But we felt that it wasn't just enough for us as a church just to do that, maybe in the form what we call house groups or community groups. We felt that we could do discipleship together, but it was important that we had an outward focus to the, so that we weren't just looking in, doing our discipleship together. We were doing that, but we were also looking out and sharing God's love with others through these missional communities. 
Um, so that is why we have missional communities. That is why each missional community has a focus. So if you're new with us today, what is what we are calling a missional community? Well, it's more than just five or six people being together in a group. It's probably around, our aim is around 20 to 30 people in a missional community. So it's quite a sort of mid-sized group, as we would call it. Um, and they gather around to do discipleship together, but also have a missional focus. Um, and we have three missional communities in our church and that is Hope MC and Hope MC has a focus on supporting people struggling with debt helping the work of the Digcock Cap Debt Centre through offering Cap clients friendship, prayer, fun, social events practical help and discipleship and they do that all together as a community is that right, Nick? Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so their focus is CAP and helping those involved in CAP and debt relief. But also it's together as well. They're doing life together. It's not just um, reaching out to those clients, but it's also doing stuff together. Family Connect is our uh, second one. And Family Connect is an opportunity. It's a missional community which is focused on all ages to come and enjoy community and family life together, to reach out to the families in the local community through sharing God's love. And they do that practically um, through running a number of events. We think about marriage course, parenting course, parenting teenagers course, um, and, uh, and other uh, events, uh, I think, doing life by sharing and walking uh, together and going away on a weekend in the year together, led by Matt and Esty. Is that right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> good, good. And kids camp, of course. They do kids camp as part of that in the year, which is focused on those in primary school age um, going away on the Ridgeway and having a great time together. And thirdly, we have Love Digcott. Hey, that's because I, my wife, lead that uh, missional community. <laughs> yeah. I should have done that for the others. Hey, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Love Digcots is focusing on loving the community we are in. We're in that small way, uh, so it could be locally, just in the street we're in, but in a big way as well for the whole town. Um, looking to share life with the vulnerable and do life together. Um, that's what we do within Love Digcots, and we have various things that help us to do that. Uh, we have a choir uh, that gathers on a weekly basis. Uh, we have a, a school dads group that happens on a, once a month. We have um, Coffee and Kids is now part of our missional community, which is a weekly um, toddler group for children and parents in the town and guardians. And uh, once a year, we also do the live nativity in the town centre, which is a great opportunity to tell the truth about Christmas and Jesus right in the town centre. So those are our three missional communities and they are a way for us to reach out to others in the town. And actually, uh, 
we believe that's important and that's done in a community. And not just in five or six of us, but in a larger group. Because it enables us to do something bigger than maybe just one or two or three of us can do together. Take, for example, um, this live nativity that we did in the town centre. It's a fairly big event with lots of people, 300 or so people coming along. Um, and we just couldn't do that if we were just five or six of us together. But also, earlier I mentioned we might be a bit fearful about reaching out and sharing God's love with others. Well, um, I don't know and I, uh, whether Nick Butler here on the PA desk would call himself an evangelist. Do you call yourself an evangelist, Nick? No, <laughs> is the answer to that. And Nick, I would say, isn't evangelist as well. I think Nick has a lot of other really good skills that enable us to reach out. So Nick and Steve Wren, Steve Wren's probably not here, but... Um, <laughs> sorry, Steve, he's there. I don't know if Steve would call himself an evangelist. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. No, okay, okay. But what's important is being part of the missional community is that they were able to do the PA for this live nativity in the town centre, that people got to hear what was going on, what the actors were saying, what the choir was saying, what the narrators were saying. So it's really important because as a wider group of people, we've all got different skills and gifts that God has given us that enable us as a whole to reach out for the slightly wacky uh, people like me who like getting on a mic and speaking <laughs> about God's love into the town. I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have wonderful, faithful people like Nick and Steve who were willing to work hard behind the scenes to make all that happen. Um, so I'm just trying to say to you, look, even if you might be still quite fearful about stepping out and reaching out, um, you don't have to um, be fearful. We can have the Holy Spirit, we can ask the Holy Spirit, but we can also bring our skills and gifts into the missional communities that we have as part of the church. So my three points today was that we looked at the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about reaching out? Well, Jesus commissioned disciples, and that means he commissions us to reach out, to go to all nations, to baptize people, and tell them, importantly, teaching them everything that Jesus taught the disciples that we have in our Bible. And we see that in Acts 1 as well. And... We have, we're not alone on this journey. Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit to come upon us, to enable us, to empower us, to give us the boldness to reach out and share God's love with others. And as a church, we believe as part of our mission, part of our vision, that we should do that as mission, within missional communities that enable us to reach out and share God's love with this town and beyond. So to conclude, um, we're going to have a little bit of response. Um, Chris, uh, if you'd like to just come up, please. And the response really is, you might put yourself into a few categories. Um, you might be a bit fearful about reaching out. You might think it's not for me. Um, we might be uh, a bit like the disciples wanting to maybe hide away for a bit. 
But the truth is, is that God has sent his Holy Spirit to empower us. Um, so if you're feeling a bit fearful about stepping out or reaching out, um, then we're just going to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to be upon us, to enable us, to work in us. If you are, um, are unsure about where you think you might fit in how to reach out to be in these missional communities, then we're going to pray also for you that you maybe find where it is that you want to be. Uh, maybe actually you've struggled to sort of make regular meetings, come along to missional communities, and we're just going to pray um, for you to actually make that commitment to say, I want to be a disciple that is part of something. I'm not just going to be a churchgoer. I want to be something, I want to be part of something that means I'm discipled as well as reaching out to others to make disciples. Um, And some of us maybe just want to ask God for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And if uh, I put myself in that category, I'm always wanting, God, help me. I need your Holy Spirit to help me just to step out and do what you want me to do, what you're calling me to do. So some of those categories might speak loudly to you. Some might not. But I would like us all just to respond, to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Come fall upon us. Enable us. Empower us. Help us, Lord, to commit to you and your church and to you and where you are leading us to reach out and share God's love with others. So we're going to just pray. If you want to respond, you might want to put your arms out, hands out. Close your eyes. It's helpful sometimes just to close your eyes, just to block out what's going on. Lord, we pray now. Like the disciples together in that room, we are gathered together in a room. And we want to pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon us now. Come fill us, Lord, enabling us to share your love in small ways and in big ways. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, now. Come, fall upon us. And if you want to commit to being a disciple of a missional community, then maybe you want to talk to those who lead it. That's Nick and Naomi or myself and Fran or Matt and Esty or those missional communities. Or maybe you just want to find out who this Jesus is or want to explore about who this Jesus is and this Holy Spirit and obviously we have the Alpha Course starting in um, just 10 days time there's some leaflets at the back take one Lord we thank you for your Holy Spirit come upon us and fill us enabling us to do your will and your work in this town and beyond Amen. Just while the uh, children come back, we're going to sing this song. Uh, and uh, we'll, Nick will then close the meeting. Yeah, yeah.
Ah, yeah. 